It's often been said when a Christian passes from this life, someone will acknowledge the faithful life that he or she lived, and when they pass from this life, they make a comment along this line, there's a little bit of me that's jealous of them. Now that's meant in a kind way. To long for, we as Christians, an eternal home in heaven, our brothers and sisters that have gone on before, Rest safely in Christ and await that day, a day that we will all await. Well, while here on this earth, we will praise the Lord. I think of Psalm 8 and verse 1, and the psalmist even ends it in verse 9 the same way. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Yesterday and today, well, for that matter, Sunday too. We have had some very favorable weather. It's been very kind, very gracious. How thankful we are our Lord has given us such a beautiful day. If you'll reach for your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to go down to about verse 16 in just a moment. And as you turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 16, may I ask you a question that I've asked off this week. For what are you searching? For what are you searching? Mindful of the psalmist in Psalm 77 and verse 6 when he said, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart and my spirit made diligent search. The psalmist was searching. And you know, we've talked about that question each time we've assembled. Are you searching for the church? Are you searching for example? Are you searching for authority? And then we spent time last evening talking about things that we search for, things that we long for. That is, last evening, salvation. As I was thinking about this theme, as I have each time, I I sat down and just looked at scriptures that dealt with searching or seeking. And I've tried to bring forth different verses, maybe one or two, to introduce our thought for tonight. How about 1 Corinthians, or 1 Chronicles rather, chapter 16 and verse 11. This is where David is praising with a psalm when the Ark of the Covenant had entered into the city. And in 1 Chronicles 16, 11, part of that psalm, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Then I thought of Hebrews 11 and verse 6 that tells us, For without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. They that diligently seek Him. Let's talk about seeking for the Lord, searching for the Lord in this context. I will submit to you tonight that strength and faith of which we call upon our Lord to help us with daily, will you imagine with me how that would go a long way to strengthen and help the home in this day and age? I mean, just imagine with me for a moment that there's nothing sweeter than a faithful home. Now now think with me. And and family means a lot to you. 
I know family means much to you here at Bobby, just like family means a lot to us back home. It's a beautiful thing when families are able to worship and attend Bible school together and see one another and spend that time together. The other night when Stanley led singing on Sunday night as he was bringing the worship hour to a close, he mentioned that I was a cousin to one of the Dons who was an elder. But he didn't say which one. Last night a dear sister came up to me and she said, I am a cousin of the other Don. And she said, but last night when Stanley said Jeff is a cousin to one of the Dons, and my daughter leaned over to me and said, is he kin to us? <laughs> I've never seen him at a family reunion. <laughs> I'm the black sheep of that family. What can I say? But anyway, so let's just settle all this thing out. Yes, Don Sullivan, one of your elders, is my first cousin. And in a humble, gracious way, I am proud and delighted to say that because I have admired his faith for many years, and I'm thankful. I would not be here tonight had it not been for Don. For when he met Judy when they were students at Lipscomb, they opened a door for me to go out to Jericho, and I have grown to love McMinnville ever since. So if any of you want to come out the door and badmouth him, I will add five minutes to the sermon tomorrow night. <laughs> Family is important. Now you're there at 2 Timothy chapter 1, 16-18. And I love this text because he speaks of the house of Onesiphorus. That name means prophet bringer. I like that. He's an individual that knowing him, you're going to profit by your relationship with him. And there's something about him that stands out. And when you see the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, there's something there that must be special about his family. As a matter of fact, at the end of the Second Timothy letter in verse 19, salute Prisca and Aquila, or Priscilla and Aquila, and the household of Onesiphorus. Now, what we read about him, it is an honorable report. And the best that we can come across, or shall I say I can come across in personal study, is that it is believed that Onesiphorus at this writing had, has already passed away. And Paul is remembering him for what he did, and he encourages Timothy to tend to their family or say something to their family, send them a greeting. He loved them and he cared for them. Paul wished for mercy to be upon the household and even Onesimus and to greet or salute the household. You know, when I put all this together and think about it, wouldn't it be wonderful if every family could have mercy and grace upon it? Let's, let's be honest, folks. You never know what goes on behind closed doors. I mean, you really don't know what may be going on in the household of individuals. Tonight, I'm standing in an assembly, a, a good crowd here. I, I'm not much on counting. I'd say 200 at least 
give or take. But I would dare say that looking out here tonight, you have some unique challenges in your home that a lot of people may not have in their home, but they have unique challenges in their home that would be different from what you may have in yours. In this assembly tonight, there are individuals who know the suffering of losing a spouse. In this assembly, there are individuals who know of the suffering of losing a parent. In this assembly, there are those that struggle with some family member dealing with a physical illness that they need attention and care. It very well may be there's a situation to where here's a person who has a loved one, a family member, involved in drugs or in alcohol, which is a drug. You never know what goes on behind closed doors. You never know what families face. You never know what's going on. Tonight it is... My attempt, a feeble attempt, but I'm going to try the best that I can to try to help you and help me in our homes. And on the other hand, there's a lot of good things. You probably just got news you're going to become a grandparent. You probably got news that you and your husband or wife, you're expecting your first child. Maybe there is someone, as you are single, that you have met recently that, shall we say, it's promising. You see, our homes vary in so many ways. When I stand up and I preach at Eastside, I can look out and I can see folks who long for their children to come back and be faithful to the Lord. I can look and I can see families that have lost children suddenly. I can look out and see individuals that they just keep on pressing onward. But let me tell you this. What keeps them going is one simple thing. And that's faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, who grants unto them mercy and peace and helps them through each and every day. Now, it's real easy in sermons about the home to simply have people that will express, well, if my husband, if my wife, if my children, if my mama, if my daddy, if them, if them, if them, if them. Folks, I'm going to tell you up front. People are going to be what people are going to be. And it's important for you and I to be faithful to God and do the right thing if others are still going to do the wrong thing. Because if we start backing away and start leaning on doing the wrong thing, 
then we might as well just join those that we wish did not live the way they did. But, but, listen, if we focus on us doing the right thing in our households, that still gives a glimmer of hope in Christ for the rest of the family. Are y'all with me? I grew up in a household where mama attended and daddy didn't. A lot of you know that story. Baptized daddy when he was 69 years old. But I am thankful that my mother took me. And yes, there were times she made me go. Oh, I wouldn't do that to my child. Why, that would warp him. With all due respect, you ought to be warped. I'm sorry to come out that way, but I cannot understand, save my soul from dying, how a person can make their children brush their teeth and make their children go to school and make their children make their bed and make the children take out the trash and make, 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 make. But when it comes down to a matter of worship and Bible study, they back off from it, and I promise you, if you back off from it, and they learn at an early age it's not important. When they get older, be careful when you sit down with your elders or with Tony and ask, where did I go wrong? On the other hand, there are faithful, God-fearing parents who taught, who reared, who corrected, who did everything they knew possible, but for some reason their child decided to go wait. And oh, we're ready to fly up and say, oh, well, maybe you didn't do your job. Can I ask y'all, don't turn back to it, stay there in 2 Timothy, but can I ask y'all something? Do y'all remember a account in the Bible or a story, if you will, about Cain and Abel? Let's go back a little bit further. You remember who Cain and Abel's mom and daddy were? Adam and Eve. Can I ask you a question? Who was Adam and Eve's parent? Now can I ask you another question? Did Adam and Eve disobey their parent? Did Adam and Eve know better? Were they not plainly told what was right and wrong? But did they make the wrong choice? Yes. Well, how many of you are willing to raise your hand or affirm or stand and say God didn't do His job? I hadn't moved much. Tony said he doesn't move much, so I stayed put. But let me move for just a minute. You're not going to miss it on tape. Not with my mouth. Anybody over here want to stand, raise their hand, and affirm... God messed up rearing his children. Anybody? Nobody? I tell you what, children are listening closely. They're thinking, Brother Arch is letting his parents have it. <laughs> Anybody over here want to raise their hand and affirm that God messed up with Adam and Eve? Nobody's going to do that. Why? Because, folks, God didn't mess up. Adam and Eve messed up. 
They listen to the wrong influence. And that happens. Now I've spent some time talking about every little detail. Listen. The best you can make your home, number one, is the best that you can be in your home. One of my elders, Brother Franklin Kyle, said something once that has stuck with me, said it in one of our meetings, and he has said something that has stuck with me for so long. He said, you know, by the time you figure out how to raise, he's from North Georgia out in the country, he said, by the time you figure out how to raise your young'uns and you got it all down, they already moved away from home. That's some strong wisdom right there. Will you look at me tonight at the household of Onesiphorus? Spend a few moments with me. Look at some highlights of this brother. And no doubt look at this influence he had in his home. And look at the impact he would have had because he was a faithful servant. Number one, let's learn from Onesiphorus to make our homes a place of refreshing. Look at verse 16. Paul said, For he oft refreshed me. A word that means dependable. A a word that means uplifting. Refresh, a word that gives the clearing of to cool again. One translation says, He braced me like fresh air. There's something about refreshing that helps us keep going. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, we learn of three individuals, Stephanos, Fortunatus, and Achaicus. Typical Tennessee names. And we learn from these three individuals that they were individuals that had refreshed Paul's spirit and the spirit of the church there at Corinth. This idea of refreshing was also attributed to Philemon in Philemon 7 of how Paul said we have great joy and consolation in your love because the bowels of the saints or the deep emotion of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. There's something about this idea of refreshing. For example, we get hot. We want something to drink. We want something that's comfortable, something that's cool, refreshing. Maybe we go inside and want to cool off when it's hot outside and we allow the air conditioner to blow up one sleeve and down the other. Refreshing. We are refreshed. Have you ever been around an individual, well, much like these we've mentioned, that refreshes you, helps renew you, helps keep you going? So here's the question. Number one, are you the refresher in your home? Onesiphorus Paul said, he oft refreshed me. Do we encourage one another in our home? According to Hebrews 3.13, do we exhort one another daily? Do we help and encourage one another along life's way? Is, are our homes a place that we can go and that we can be refreshed, that we are one that will refresh and help our household along? You know, if we refresh ourselves, think with me of something that refreshes you and I, and then let's narrow this down. You know, when we come among God's people to worship, 
That is a period of refreshing. We offer our worship unto God. Our prayers to the Father. Our songs of praise are lifted to our Father. On the Lord's Day, we remember His death through the partaking of the Lord's Supper. We give of our means. We do so cheerfully and not grudgingly or of necessity. When you take a look at every avenue of worship we do, we offer it unto our Father, but in turn, it refreshes us. James 5, is any among you merry? Let him sing songs. And when we gather to worship, so dear friend, listen to me. If you have a member of your family who doesn't embrace the blessing of worship as you do, don't compromise Don't back off. Stay with it and you be refreshed because you are the glimmer of hope in that household. And there are many families who this very night that due to a godly influence of a wife or a father, a husband, daddy, mama, etc., or even a child, that there are family members brought to Christ because one person stayed with it and was the refresher of that household. Here's your goal. Be a refresher in your home. That when folks come your way, when family comes in, they can be refreshed by what you do. Let's look at number two. Stay with me. 2 Timothy 1 and look at verse 18. Let's... Make, I'm sorry, 16. Let's make our homes a place of boldness. Notice, if you will, verse 16, that Onesiphorus was not ashamed of the chain of Paul. No question, think about this good brother embraced earlier in this chapter of affliction. For example, go back to verse 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Look at verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. And then we go into a part of the verse that we sing sometimes as a stanza, as the chorus of the hymn. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Think about the boldness according to the gospel, the boldness with strong faith, the boldness with a strong commitment. Here is one Onesiphorus. He was not ashamed of Paul's chain. He refreshed Paul. He was not ashamed. That household saw that boldness and that commitment That he had. In Mark 8 and verse 38, Jesus reminds us of the warning when he said, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. So here's the question. Is there, is your home, a home of boldness. Boldness, not ashamed, deep faith, ready to take that stand. 
What is a good way that we can strengthen boldness in Christ, confidence in our faith in our homes? Whereas worship does refresh us and strengthen us, I submit to you that Bible study. Attending Bible study increases knowledge and strengthens boldness. You know, it's easy to be bold when you and I have a knowledge of the subject. We don't mind taking a stand on something if we know what we're talking about and it's right. We take that stand. You may be the only person in your household that has that boldness and confidence in Christ that no matter what trouble may come upon that household, you're going to be the one, you're going to be the glimmer of hope to stand there with boldness and strength to get that family through it. All the while, you're sowing that seed to where others will see Christ in you. Now, stay with me right here. To tell you the truth, folks, I'm trying to be merciful on your time tonight. Let me tell you why. Spiritually, you're with me. But physically, this is our third night of a gospel meeting. And the spirit is willing, but the flesh gets mighty weak. I had somebody tell me, Jeff, you're going to have to really turn it loose tonight because of what all we ate. Let me tell you something, folks. If you eat too much, that's your fault. And if you can't stay awake, that's your fault. I'll tell you, I take these glasses on and off because they're progressive bifocals and I don't quite have the right level. But if I see anybody nodding off on me, I have been known to forget my place and start over again, so I'm just going to give you a warning. I want you to look now, stay with me. You notice, here's a place of refreshing. Here's a place of boldness. I love this man on Onesiphorus. Look at what his household saw. Now, I want you to notice that this household, this man, was a place of service. Look at 17. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. Let's read 18. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Now look at two phrases. He sought me out very diligently, and how many things he ministered unto me. Listen to this. I thought this was worthy to bring. This builds upon the thought of boldness, but I want you to notice something about Onesiphorus in Rome, when it mentioned Rome. Rome had tremendous hatred for the Christian. Thus, as Onesiphorus would travel to help Paul, he was taking a very dangerous trip, pretty much taking his life in his own hands. I love to look at different research tools. Robertson's Word Pictures, it's a reference tool that, if you will, draws a picture of certain words in the Scripture. And I like the way that he looked at this word that uh, of, of, of how he sought out very diligently and how he ministered and all. And the conclusion that Robertson draws looking at all these words is that he indeed did it at the risk of his own life. Here is a man that built upon his boldness 
with his service. Here is a man so kind to the great apostle Paul that he will be among those whom the Savior will say at the time of the day of judgment, I was in prison and you came unto me, Matthew 25, 36. When I look at Onesiphorus and his serving, I cannot help but to think about Jesus Christ. You will be the only one in your house that will refresh, maybe the only one that will be bold, and also the only one that will serve. To be active in the Lord's work. To let that household see your excitement and your joy. I think about Matthew 20 and verse 28. Jesus said, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. How he took a towel in John 13 and washed the disciples' feet. Why, turning back just a few chapters to the book of Philippians, when I look at chapter 2 and verse 1, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded. Having the same love, having of one accord, of one mind. Imagine that in a household. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Now imagine that in a household. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Consider the things of others. Listen to me, boys and girls. You're not going to get your way. This is not in my outline, but if I had to share three things with boys and girls, not to miss it. Mamas and daddies, make sure they're listening close. Three things. Don't miss this and don't drop it. Number one, obey your parents. Mind them. Do what they ask you. It's not going to kill you. Number two, I want you to learn faith from your parents. And parents... If they don't see faith in you, they got to. And number three, boys and girls, whatever you do in everything, don't you ever, 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 never, ever, ever lie to your mom and daddy. When you do something wrong and you are caught, admit it, take your punishment, and move on. You might lose a privilege. You might lose your cell phone. Actually, parents, don't take their cell phones. Take their chargers. <laughs> you may lose that cell phone. You may lose that computer privilege. But you will not lose trust. Those other things you can get back. It's hard sometimes to gain trust again. Always tell the truth. I'd like to share this quick illustration. I walked in my office one night at Eastside, I think it was one Sunday afternoon. Three of our teenage boys were in there at the time. And when I stepped back in my office, one of them was trying to open my briefcase by rolling the the, uh, combination. And when I walked in, the other two were over at the side, and he was standing there, and he didn't see me, but they did. And I walked up, stood right beside him, and I said, looking for something? thought, I'm going to have me some fun here. You know, Tony, preachers do have some great benefits. We do. <laughs> I said, looking for something? He started pointing at Brandon. Brandon started pointing at his brother. Brandon started pointing back at Casey, started pointing back at Taylor. 
and they were all doing this. Oh, no, he don't. No, no. I said, wait a minute. Stop. Stop. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Now, I walked in here, and I caught you red-handed trying to open my briefcase. <laughs> you must have a boring life. But you were trying to open my briefcase. Now, now, why can't you just look up and just simply say, okay, Jeff, I was wrong. You caught me. He looked at me. He said, okay, Jeff. All right, I was wrong, and you caught me. But they made me do it. And I thought, here we go again. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, so boys and girls, admit you're wrong. Just admit it. Get it over with and move on. You know, when I look at Philippians 2, 1 through 4, there's a lot of good characteristics there. But now, what really catches my attention is verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let every mama, every daddy, every husband, every wife, every child determine to be Christ-like. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. That's what I wanted to get to. And was made in the likeness of men. You know, God is not unrighteous to forget our work, our labor of love, which we have showed Toward his name, in that we do minister to the saints and do minister, Hebrews 16. Now let's think on this for a moment. Every household will have a member or all members, a home that's a place of service, an example of Onesiphorus, a home that serves, that not only serves one another, but serves others. Now watch how this can be used. We talked about we can refresh ourselves and our worship unto God together. Not only can we refresh ourselves, but also we grow in our boldness in knowledge. But what if we had a place of service within the Lord's church, each and every member, that Sons and daughters see mom and dad participating in the work of the church and encourage our boys and girls to come up in the work of the church. Now you put all this together with Onesiphorus, a faithful servant of the Lord, and these are just three characteristics he had that his home witnessed. He was a man that refreshed souls. He was a man that was bold. He was a man that served. And if every Christian in every home would express that same characteristic, the same characteristics of an Onesiphorus, the home has a better hope of being as God would have it than if it didn't. I began this lesson by just simply bringing forth several things, struggles and strife that homes go through. And I mentioned that tonight not to magnify them, but just to realize that's life. That's part of it. And it's really easy for us to say, well, my home could be this, my home could be that. If everybody else would do their part, 
But if we as ourselves will focus on doing the right thing regardless, then that gives hope to everybody else. And when the moments come of teaching, as you the refresher, you the one that's bold and strong, that anchor, and the one that serves as in the characteristics of Christ, you grant that to your home, your home will come closer to the way God would have it. But please, don't pull back away because others might. You know, it was told unto Esther, who knows whether you come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Who knows whether or not that you're in your home for a time such as this? I want you to keep on keeping on. I don't want you to give up on him or her. I don't want you to ever give up because we have every bit of hope as long as this world stands and as long as there's breath in our bodies. But I'm going to tell you, folks, it starts with me as an individual. It starts with you. Tonight we've talked about, are you searching for a faithful home? I don't know of anyone that would walk out of here tonight and say, well, I really don't want a faithful home. I want a home with trials and turmoils and struggles and grief and groans. And I really, I really don't want a faithful home. I don't know of anybody that would walk out tonight and say that. And realizing you probably have some struggles within your home and children and parents and all that nobody knows. I want you to keep on keeping on. I want you to be refreshed. I want you to be bold. I want you to press onward in service to the Lord. Don't you dare let up. It's easy to get weary. It's easy to get tired. And Satan loves to pray on a weary soul. He'll try to convince you that that's not what it's all about. He'll try to convince you that you keep trying and it's not going to do any good. Regardless of what others may do, when you do right, it's always the right thing to do. So dear brother or dear sister, let me extend this to you. If you're struggling, you need strength, prayers of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe you need... Maybe we've talked about this and the example in the home could be better with you. If we have to fill up every bench tonight to do so, we'll pray with you and pray for you because we've all been there. And it's not easy. But if we can bear it through prayer and help one another, so be it. Now with that being said, I can tell you one thing that you can do tonight if you've had yet to do it will make a great difference, a super difference in your life and you'll be amazed at the impact it'll make on your home. And that is becoming a Christian. If you believe in Christ and you're willing to repent of your sins as Jesus commanded in Luke 13, 5, you'll confess Christ as the Son of God and be buried with Him in the waters of baptism this night. You'll be raised to walk in newness of life with sins forgiven. You'll be added to the church and you will become a light for your home. And you can begin a faithful journey that will impact the lives of others.
Because then you learn about people like Onesiphorus. You learn about service. You learn about boldness. And you learn how to refresh. But it all begins if you'll allow the Lord to refresh and renew your life tonight in obedience to His will. Whatever your need might be this hour, if we can assist you, pray for you, help you make that decision to become a Christian in any way, your opportunity is now. Will you come as we stand and as we sing together?